Hello and welcome back to Sex Here and Now, the podcast dedicated to promoting sex positivity and inclusivity. As always, I am your host, Matt Lachman. I'm a licensed therapist who specializes in sexual health, sexual dysfunctions, and overall sex therapy. One thing to note, this podcast does contain language that some may find offensive. But with that being said, let's dive right in. I first wanted to apologize to everyone for the delay in content. I recently purchased my first home back in May and it was a complete renovation. Um, So with all the work finally being done and my traveling dying down, I'm able to spend a little bit more time at my desk uh, talking about the important topics in sexual health, uh, sex positivity, and inclusivity. Um, Having said that, I want to dedicate this entire episode to talking about the monumental court cases that were being heard at the Supreme Court earlier this week. If you can tell from the title, the broad topic of discussion surrounds LGBTQIA employment rights. Uh, but it goes much deeper than that and impacts much more people than you may think. So what is happening? Well, the Supreme Court will hear three cases that ask whether it is legal to fire workers based on their sexual orientation, gender identity, uh, and or gender expression. So that alone is enough to make them three of the most important employment discrimination cases in many years. I've had several friends and allies approach me this week and ask, is this for real? This, you're kidding, right? How? Why? Is this serious? This is so dumb. I mean, seriously? My response to them varies in affect each time, but the message was always the same. Yeah, this is serious. Welcome to the world of being a member of the LGBTQIA community. So, who is involved in these cases? Well, let's look at the participants. The first case, Bostock v. Clayton County, Georgia, concerns whether discrimination against an employee because of sexual orientation constitutes prohibited employment discrimination because of sex within the meaning of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The facts of this case center around the plaintiff, Gerald Lynn Bostock, who, at the time, was working in child welfare services. He alleges that his employer fired him upon learning his sexual orientation. The district court in Georgia sided with lawyers representing the county, as did the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. The Supreme Court agreed to hear the Bostock case back in April 2018, along with Altitude Express Inc. v. Zarda, a similar case involving a skydiving instructor who was fired for disclosing his same-sex sexual orientation to a customer. I want to look at this second case a little more. Don Zarda, who worked as an instructor for a skydiving outfit on Long Island, New York, was extremely passionate about skydiving. He loved introducing others to the sport. Don often took customers on tandem jumps where they were strapped to him shoulder to shoulder and hip to hip before they jumped from the plane. One day, Don told a female customer that he was gay in an effort to make her less uncomfortable with how close they were physically. He thought nothing of the remark whatsoever as why should he, but his boss later fired him for sharing inappropriate information with the customer. What is funny about this case, and let me point out I'm being sarcastic because there is nothing funny about any of this, 
But Don was using his sexual orientation to make a female feel more comfortable. Can someone explain this to me as being inappropriate behavior? Please let, let me know because there's nothing wrong with that statement. Don was trying to be kind and make a customer feel more comfortable by sharing that she has nothing to worry about. He is not going to attack her. He is going to protect her. And because he shared that he was gay, he got fired. Looking back at the first case, uh, Clayton County representatives argued in their brief last year that the 80th Congress did not intend for Title VII's language to be interpreted as providing workplace protection on the basis of sexual orientation. They said the inconvenient reality for the petitioner is that the text in Title VII does not include sexual orientation as a protected class. <laughs> but let me ask you something, Clayton County. Do you really think the Civil Rights Act really intended to exclude LGBTQIA individuals? You think a group fighting for equality for everyone would say, fuck you, queers? No, absolutely not. So moving ahead, the third case that was being heard before the Supreme Court is about the rights of transgender people and involves Amy Stevens, who worked for nearly six years as a funeral director at a funeral home near Detroit. In doing research, I found that earlier in her life, Amy had considered going into the ministry, but then found her calling in funeral services where she could help comfort people in a time of great need. Her employer knew her as a man, but Amy knew from five years old that she was female. After decades of hiding who she really was, Amy could bear it no more, realizing that the only way to live her life as her true authentic self was to come out and transition. She gathered the strength to come out to her friends, family, and co-workers as a woman. When she introduced herself as Amy to her boss, he fired her. He made no pretense about any performance reason. He openly admitted that it was because she is transgender, saying, this isn't going to work out. Can you fathom walking into work, being your true authentic self, and being shit on like that? Uh, it's just gross. So just some clarification for individuals who don't know what Title VII is. Uh, Title VII protects employment discrimination that occurs uh, because of an employee's race, color, religion, sex, uh, sex meaning gender, or national origin. Thus, on its face, the law bans any kind of employment discrimination that is driven by an employee's sex. Only 22 states prohibit employment discrimination based on sexual orientation, and only 21 prohibit discrimination based on gender identity. So if the Supreme Court rules in favor of the employers in Zarda, Bostock, and Harris funeral homes, millions of LGBTQIA workers will be left without legal protections let that sink in. A decision against the plaintiffs in these three cases would leave many Americans without recourse if they are fired because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. 
But there are also such broader implications. A decision could also undercut the civil rights protections that the Supreme Court already recognizes, including potentially safeguards against sex stereotyping and sexual harassment. But looking at it, it's hard to see how firing someone for being LGBTQRA doesn't involve the person's sex. You can't even prescribe being trans or gay without talking about the individual sex. At its core, the federal ban on sex discrimination is simple. Workers are not supposed to be treated differently because of their sex. And a decision in these cases could affect LGBTQIA people in context well beyond just the workplace. LGBTQIA people have relied on federal protections against sex discrimination, to redress housing discrimination, to combat discrimination in schools, and to remedy discrimination in healthcare. All of these protections could be swept away if the court deletes LGBTQIA people from the existing scope of the federal civil rights laws. And this is where things get really interesting because a ruling in these cases could affect non-LGBTQIA people as well. You hear me, breeders? This could affect you too. A crucial Supreme Court precedent for Amy and Don's case is that of Ann Hopkins. As an employee at accounting firm Pricewaterhouse, Hopkins was passed over for partner and told she could increase her chances if she would walk more femininely and talk more femininely and dress more femininely and wear makeup and have her hair styled and wear jewelry. The Supreme Court thankfully ruled that requiring her to conform to stereotypes associated with being a woman demonstrated sex discrimination. Many federal courts have concluded that firing LGBTQIA people because we don't meet employees' stereotypes of how women and men should act, identify, and appear is just as much sex discrimination as passing over Ann Hopkins because she was considered macho. But if the Supreme Court says in Amy and Don's cases that this reasoning doesn't apply to LGBTQIA people, that could spell trouble for everyone. We could return to a world where employers can fire anyone, straight or gay, transgender or not, for not being the quote-unquote right kind of woman or man. This is real, people. Gender expression has nothing to do with sexual orientation or gender identity. Gender expression is how we choose to show the world who we are. So if I want to grow my hair long, then let me grow my hair long. I mean, I won't look good, but let me do it. And don't fire me because I don't look like a quote-unquote real man. to wrap up talking about a panel discussion that I was on earlier this week. 
I was one of four individuals who were asked to participate in a discussion about LGBTQIA in the workplace. I couldn't have been more honored to be a part of this discussion, and one of the biggest takeaways I received from hearing my peers' thoughts on the topic was this. Your sexual orientation is not your sole identity. Most people think it is because most people are straight and don't have to worry about the difficulty that is coming out. But once you do come out and you are out and proud, people start to treat you like the token gay person. They look at you as Matt Lockman, the gay guy. Help, I've had friends refer to me as their quote unquote gay best friend. Like, okay, um, how do I get the role of just best friend? But this is what is happening with these court cases. LGBTQIA individuals are meant to be put in a place where they have to have their sexual orientation be their only identity marker. What about the color of their skin or their gender? How about their identity as a son or daughter or boyfriend or girlfriend? The point of being culturally competent is looking at the intersectionality of how all of our identities are made up, not just one. Don't treat me and judge me based off the fact that when I choose to have physical intimacy with someone, I choose to have it with a man. That doesn't make me less qualified or less competent. At the end of the day, I am hopeful. I always will be. There's nothing good that can come from being negative. But let me also just say that I am worried as well. This is a big decision and one that I hope falls on the right side of history. That does it for this episode. As always, you can follow me on Instagram for more news and updates about the podcast at sex underscore here and now pod. Look at my website, sexherenow.com for more information as well. And you can like and follow my page on Facebook, Sex Here and Now. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay sex positive.